Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. to me. I'm your host Jordana Levine and today's bonus episode is a little bit different to the ones that have come before it. Instead of me recommending some of my favorite books, I'm actually chatting to my good friend Elizabeth O'Neill about her favorite book, The Alchemist. Elizabeth is a journalist, TV producer and podcast host and this deep dive into Paolo Coelho's bestseller was such a joy for both of us. If you've read The Alchemist, you're going to love this interview. If you've never read The Alchemist, this interview is going to make you want to read it. And if you're neither here nor there about it, I think you're going to love it anyway. Please enjoy. What I thought was so interesting when I asked you to come on the podcast and talk to me about your favorite book, I don't know if you remember what your response was. Do you remember what you said to me? No. What did I say? You said, would it be really basic bitch of me? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> to talk about The Alchemist. That's right. Which is so funny because I don't think it's a basic bitch book. I feel like it's a beginner's guide to spirituality and like discovering that side of yourself. Like it's like that's yeah. the go-to book. So maybe that's what I more meant by a basic bitch. <laughs> I was like, in the genre of basic bitch, I wouldn't put The Alchemist <laughs> at the beginning of it. What would you put at the beginning of basic <laughs> bitch genre? <laughs> I was thinking about it and I was looking at my own bookshelf. Of course, there are no basic bitch books there. Um, maybe something like uh, Looking for Alan Brand. <laughs> okay. Everybody read that in high school and like, yeah. like all went through their coming of age alongside that book. And I was yeah. like, that is me. And I'm half Italian. So I remember we, so we studied it at school and I think she's half Italian. And it's like the exploration of like her Italian and Australian heritage and yeah. where does she belong? And I was like, this is me and no, I am of her. course. <laughs> I, look, and I don't even have the Italian heritage to put alongside it and I felt so seen in that book. You know, when they made the movie, they recorded it at my high school. Was that which so was cool? really, really cool. So mm. we were in it a lot. Oh, yeah. my God. Was were really you doing fun. the walk, you know, when you like do the walk past the camera but pretend, oh, my gosh, your cat's in the background. Oh, do the <laughs> You do the walk past the camera pretending like, oh, whoops, I didn't even know the camera was up. Well, actually, it's funny. I was in year 10 at the time and I think we were the only grade at school that had exams. So we, we're actually Aww. not in it, but Aww. all the other students are. Yeah. Aww, but it was it was fun to like recognise the school. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that, that would have been really exciting. I'm yeah, it was fun. But let's get, let's get back to The Alchemist. Okay. Why, yes. why, why is it your favourite book, do you think? Okay. I love the, yes, I love that the preface of me thinking it's a basic bitch book, but okay. So it's my favorite book for a number of reasons. It is the only book that I have read 
a bunch of times. Like I rarely mm. will reread a book. I don't have the attention span, especially in this day and age of social media, which is such a terrible thing to admit on a podcast about books. <laughs> But I just don't have the attention span usually to reread a book. Um, and if I'm reading a book, I am committed to that book and I'll yeah. really, you know, suck it dry and read every word and then just have to absorb it. Anyway, so with The Alchemist, um, I remember when I picked it up, I was backpacking in Cambodia, which sounds so exotic saying it does. that, actually, especially considering I haven't left my house in two years. So that just <laughs> sounds like another world. And I remember I was like, oh, that book and, you know, the the old universe giving you those signs that you should read something or look at something. And I kept seeing it everywhere. And I'm like, I don't know why I know that book, but I know that book. And eventually I just thought, I'm just going to pick it up. And soon as I picked it up, I just, it's one of those books that you read that you just break out into tingles and tears the whole way through. And you're not necessarily sad or but well, some bits are a little bit moving, but it just hits a layer of your soul that you can't always, you can't access unless you can read really profound literature or consume, yeah, or watch a movie or consume some kind of profound um, literature. And I remember that kept happening. And I remember like, I, I I think I, I was about 21 and I thought, you know, I was in a rut in life. I don't know what I was doing. I was backpacking in Cambodia. How was I in a rut? And it just, it made me want to be the strive to be the best version of myself always and forever. And to know that the journey I was on was always going to be the right one. As long as I follow the signs and as long as I believe, and as long as I have trust Mm. that I will, you, the universe. And one of my favorite quotes in it is the universe will conspire to give you everything you want. And it just still gives me all the goosebumps. And it's a book that I read every time I feel a little bit lost. Every time I feel a little bit like I've lost my direction. Every time I need that dose of hope, I suppose. And it's not even optimism because optimism and positivity are too like sugary sweet it's more hope it's richer than that Mm. and it just yeah enriches my soul (laughs) I just I really should be reading it right now because I feel a little bit lost right now so it's probably very good timing from the thank you universe that we're doing this podcast because I'll probably go and read it again now yeah (laughs) and it is I mean it is such a um small book it's a short book so for anyone that hasn't read the alchemist before you could sit down and read it in a day it's not something you read over you know several weeks or so and I think that's what's so great about it and every time I've picked it up I haven't read it as many times as you have but every time I've picked it up I've always got something new out of it because it depends where you are in your life and Mm -hmm. what's happening to you what parts of the story hold more significance than the other um yeah and I think fact that it's a parable you know the fact that the point of the story is to for you to walk away with a spiritual lesson much like say the bible you yes. know like there's yes there there is uh meant to be significance to it whereas some novels you kind of pick up and you're like trying to like extract the significance and the themes but you know Paolo Co- Coelho is that how we say Paolo Coelho yes yeah that's that was his intention right so with, with true the book yeah it is like that that is such a beautiful way that you just put it being like the bible because it it, it almost feels like a modern day version of the bible for the new age 
spirituality folk for lack of a better word yeah. you know, it feels like this guidebook and maybe that's where I'm getting back for that that basic bitch reference at the beginning because it's almost like if you haven't read it yeah. have you really begun your spiritual journey <laughs> <laughs> are you really evolved are you really woke have you really had shit happen and your heart broken <laughs> no it's so tr- <laughs> it's so so true and I think it does follow the classic like hero's journey yes you know joseph campbell's hero's journey and we're so sort of used to those sort of like the three acts of the of the journey so for people who aren't familiar with it it's kind of this idea of the the hero departs from like the ordinary world and they go on this adventure and then there's a refusal of the call and then they sort of meet with their mentor and then they're sort of crossing the threshold and they meet you know friends and ally like uh, allies and enemies and there's all these sort of tests along the way and then they have to sort of go into their innermost cave and then there's this big ordeal and there's a reward at the end of it and then they have to make their journey back you know Mm, and then mm. there's the resurrection and the return of whatever it might be the Mm. elixir or you know whatever so true and it it follows it well it does it follows it to a t i think yeah you're so right it is it is a classic formula and what reminded me when you're saying that is all through it the constant dance between going back to what you know and what is familiar and what is what works and jumping out of your comfort zone to a life that you don't know is there but you have to believe might be there yeah. and that feels like a constant dance in my life because I am a fixed earth sign Taurus and I love staying put. I don't like change. Don't make things move too fast for me. And sometimes I do get caught in that rat of wanting to just keep it how it is and how it is isn't too bad. It's okay here. What's so wrong with it? But you know that that jump, that leap, you know that what's going to be there is going to be greater than what you have right now. But taking that leap, let going, letting go of the life life raft and swimming across the current to what you hope is going to be there can be the most uh, taxing, frightening part of the whole thing. And you wonder whether it's going to be worth it. And I think this book reminds you that it is always worth it one way or another. Yeah, I think that I'm going to get the line wrong because I haven't checked it, but it, the the general gist of it is something like the fear of, like the fear of the ordeal is bigger than the ordeal itself. The like fear that's of the staying kind of, the same is worse yeah. than, yes, and that just, that's again, it's a Taurus, hits my soul <laughs> because it's like, oh, I know this is true, but doing this is excruciating (laughs) yeah right right Mm. um I think one of the biggest themes in the alchemist of course is this idea of like your personal legend yes you know like Mm. Santiago obviously it's mostly about his personal legend and the things I think that he has to sacrifice yes in order to achieve it and then also um they sort of show like through the the character of the crystal merchant you know Mm -hmm. he kind of put off his personal legend and and because of this you know he's suffered regret and fails to experience wealth and the universe doesn't bestow favors upon him you know this kind of realization that if you don't answer the call yeah then life will not present itself to you settling and that just you know that just translates I think to that settling that we it is so easy to do in every facet of our life now in jobs in relationships in 
I don't know. Just, just, um, I think they're the main things, jobs and relationships. How yeah. easy is it just to settle some, something that's good enough, but nothing really that, that magical ever comes by someone who settles for right? what is easy. And I think, I mean, you and I have spoken about this a lot in terms of relationships, but I think you, you just know, don't you? Mm. Like, you know, deep down when you're settling for something and when there's more. Yeah. And I think, you know, and I guess this is what Santiago came up with a few times is there's people that will make you question whether your idea of settling is accurate oh God, or not, so you know, true. and whether you're being unrealistic, like how much yeah. does that happen when you question the norm and question reality and question whether there is something more and you're met with people that kind of make you feel like you're being too picky or you're being too fussy and life doesn't work like that and just settle for what is in front of you and I think that happens to him a lot and one of my favorite things is that he every time he gets disheartened or it feels too hard this motif this symbol of um maktub it is written is like the theme through it and that kind of propels him to keep going forward and it is one of my most favorite phrases symbols I'm not I'm I'm not sure um, I'm not sure what it's called I'm sure it has a proper (laughs) proper word but it is just the most beautiful motif to like carry through his story and then like ripple out you know to the readers as well to know Mm. that everything has already been predetermined it is destiny for you to be exactly where you are and you're following you know even when you're feeling stuck that feeling of being stuck is still on that journey to get where you need to be to make it so excruciating that you need to push out of your comfort zone to get to what you actually want um yeah that's just I just really wanted to bring up that word because I just love it so much no say it for us again it's it's maktub and it's m-a-k-t-u-b and that's yeah yeah, it means in arabic it is written basically is the translation and it's just it's just so beautiful gives me all the chills i wanted to ask you like um i am not great at pronouncing all these names it was the king of salem um melchizedek melchizedek yes yes he said pronunciation whatever (laughs) i'll take your pronunciation (laughs) no i'll take yours (laughs) Let's call him the King of Salem. Great. A person's personal legend. He he basically said a personal uh, person's personal legend manifests as a unique desire that becomes obvious to a person in their youth. Mm. And for many of us, over time, we we sort of convince ourselves that we'll never realize that personal legend for whatever reason. Got get bogged down in life. Yeah, yeah that's do so you, true. Do you feel like? you kind of knew your personal legend in your youth? That's such a good question. Um, Look, in a way, because I've always been, and it's probably not surprising to anyone listening, I've always been a communicator and I love speaking and I love talking about ideas and life. And I did always love that as a child, but I expressed it in very extroverted ways. See, I was much more like I loved singing and dancing and being on the stage and attention that was kind of in that really, uh, what's the word to call it? Like I guess surface level, whereas 
So that, that aspect of me has always been there and to communicate. And I loved being of service and I loved helping people and I loved uh, sharing however I'm feeling in the hope that might be helping somebody else. I always had a passion for helping animals that came from my mom. So I was always so passionate about charity work. So there was always this aspect of, you know, the one that could, I'd speak at rallies and things like that, you know, that had that in me that I could do that and I could communicate but was looking for something deeper, I suppose, to anchor to. So Mm. I suppose that was there as a child, but that wasn't fully realised until life threw the lessons at me. Life made me, stripped away everything that I valued, everything that I loved, everything that I thought was my future and made me, you know, really put that focus of where I was going to use those skills right there in my face for me to see and I couldn't look away from. And I guess that's now manifested into um, this, like, passion now for sharing my story through being open, through being vulnerable, through communicating, both through writing and podcasting and um, speaking events, um, my story in the hope that others feel less alone. Uh, so I suppose it was always there, but it just took that time to mould it and and I needed a few pretty massive life lessons to be sprinkled in to get there. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and I think, you know, I think it's natural and normal for it to shift and change along the way. I mean, the alchemist has given us like this really sort of clear picture of Santiago's journey, but I think realistically for most of us, there's probably a few different personal legends that play out. You know, I know for me, you know, I think my career legends probably quite different to my personal life legend or, you know. So true. And they don't always... I think the, the the delicate balance of, uh, yeah, they're, they're never going to, I guess, go up together. They're never going to transcend together. There's always yeah. going to be kind of little lulls in one of them to, because one of the, the other is getting a little bit more priority. And I guess it's that delicate balance of just trying to make sure, I guess, I don't know, like almost like spinning plates. You're kind of tending to all these different facets in your life. And some facets might just have more focus and emphasis for that time. But yeah. it doesn't mean, and that's certainly happened with me, like my career before I found out I was pregnant with my son was my everything and then soon as I knew I was having him I was just like "Mm, everything shifted now everything's there's another personal legend coming out that I didn't know was going to be happening right now and I didn't know was going to be a thing Um, and this is this is what the universe brings you right and I mean before you said you really enjoyed the the passage that's sort of about this idea of when you really want something the universe conspires in helping you to achieve it Mm, yes do you think that you know for example you know falling pregnant with your son when you were you know working towards something with your career was something that was offered to you absolutely as a way to approach your career perhaps differently yes exactly and I absolutely like I was 25 I was had just landed my dream job I was working as a tv reporter and I just moved back from Hobart where I was working um you know kind of trying to get that grounding and then got my dream job at Channel 7 in a Metro newsroom. That's all I wanted. And I was back with my fiancé, the love of my life. Um, And, yeah, then found out, did my first reporting shift, then found out I was pregnant with him. And then what then happens is kind of like that train kind of like 
you know, just takes a different track than you might have imagined. And maybe it was a track you were always meant to go down, which I suppose is what the alchemist is all about. But mm. what then conspires after that is something beyond what you could have ever have imagined and planned for. And it was totally supposed to happen that he was supposed to, I was never supposed to have a child at that age in my idea of what my life was going to look like. Mm. But he was absolutely supposed to be born then. He was absolutely supposed to crash land into my life, my son, and change up the foundations of everything and shake it all up and show me this love that I didn't know that it existed. And more than that love is like that purpose and that connection, like this soul connection, like it just, I never experienced that with my ex-fiance and I thought that was the pinnacle of love and yeah. I didn't know what could exist until I had my son. And I think he teaches me so much about to loving um, and obviously it's in an extremely different way, but he's a male and he redeems a lot of my love <laughs> for men and what men can bring to your life and that male masculine energy and, yeah, and what he's done, yeah, to my heart over the last few years is has healed me and given me a purpose and a reason to get out of bed. And uh, he's, you know, he's taught me, I, I remember writing at the time, you know, he taught me how to walk in those early days when I didn't, he didn't even know how to walk himself because he yeah. taught, I told me that I had to put one foot in front of another. You know, he helped me stand up for myself and speak up for myself when he himself didn't even know how to talk. Mm. Um, and he taught me to love again when I thought that love was bullshit. <laughs> Essentially. So it, yeah, so he totally changed the trajectory of my entire life, but it was always supposed to be that way. And I'm still seeing those lessons unfold even now when I complain about life feeling not quite as it should be. Mm. I'm constantly brought back down to earth through his presence and his lessons and his that he's giving me without even realizing yeah yeah so when do you think you will pass the alchemist onto him oh my god that is such a beautiful question and one I've never considered I think when he's a teenager maybe like yeah. 15 or 16 because as you said it would have it evolves this book evolves with you it's one that you can read at 15, at 16. It's one you can read at 20. Yeah. Because, I mean, you could sit down and read The Alchemist and just read it as a story. Yeah. And, like, walk away and be like, I'm just going to keep living my life as I was always been living it. <laughs> you never thought of that. Maybe I yeah. will. That is such a beautiful idea. Maybe my rereading will be reading it to him. Yeah. Each. I think so. Mm. I gave The Alchemist to, um, actually, I didn't give it to him. I, I had an ex-boyfriend who was just, not a big reader, but liked reading, but just didn't read a lot. And he was sitting at my place one day and he was just drawn to the bookshelf. And he's like, oh, The Alchemist, should I read that? Oh my and, God. And I it was like, that. it yeah. does that, that book. It literally calls you. Yeah. And I said, yes, you should definitely read that. <laughs> and, um, and he did and he devoured it yeah. so much so that he went and bought the two stones, the two crystals in the book. Yes. Um, I can't remember what they're the called. Runes. runes, I think they're called. Yeah, but it was like, oh, I can't remember what they are. Like, I want to say lithium. It was not lithium. Like, ithium if, and oh my God. Yes. or whatever. Yes. And we found, we actually found them in a crystal festival up here in Lismore. Oh, my God. Which was outrageous. And he, like, kept them in his pocket. They were, like, his little thing. Um, 
That's really so, sweet. Yeah, it is. But but it's just sort of this idea of no matter what age you are. I mean, he was 35 when he read that book. So true. He still got so, so much out of it. So true. Um, yeah. Is it, isn't that the wisdom that we'd want to be imparting as well? Like my son's five to follow your dreams and yes. follow your and lead with your heart and be open to the world like they're just the messages that should be taught from us from birth so it's mm. as you just like what a fabulous idea reading it to a child from yeah, now I think so and it's quite a simple it is quite a simple tale yeah, yeah. It is a simple tale and it is a simple, easy read, as you said. Like, yeah, I've read um, Shantaram is another of my favorite books. Yeah. That's like so thick and so oh, it's long. So big. <laughs> so I read Shantaram twice. Yeah. Which is like a full blown commitment, right? Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I'm impressed. <laughs> Thank you. I, it's funny. I read Shantaram like whenever it came out and everyone mm. was reading it. And then I was in India. Oh, of all places so to read Chantaram. <laughs> I was in India in 2000 and oh, I don't even remember, maybe 16 or something, 2017. And I was in a hostel and I was just desperate for some sort of like normalcy. Mm. And um, I mean, Chantaram is not normal, but it was familiar, <laughs> you know, it was yes. familiar. And I devoured it again. And I actually think I got a lot more out of it mm. being in India while I was reading it. I love doing that. I love reading books when you're actually in the country. I read when I was in Japan years ago, 1Q84, I think. Oh, by by Haruku Murakami. Haruku Murakami. I've got to say, like, this is what I love about this podcast because nothing about this podcast makes anyone feel like a literary snob and I'm the host (laughs) of it. I have never read one of his books. Well, that's the only one I've read. Okay, well, but everyone just says how brilliant he is. Yeah. Yeah, I loved this book. I don't. It was one that got called to me as well, and I reading it through Japan, and it's set in Japan. Yeah, you just feel like you're that little bit closer to the book, and you're yeah. a little bit closer to those characters, and everything just feels so familiar. And like, am I in this book? Does he write? Does he write them in Japanese and then they're translated to English? I think so. I believe so. Do Which you I feel think- like something was lost in translation? I don't remember thinking that, but I was also being, that being said, I was like 21 or 22 at the time. So I probably wouldn't have been that aware of that, but you know, I think doesn't, oh my gosh, this is so not literary. Isn't like, (laughs) don't they say that Squid Games, I've not watched Squid Games, but that the translation from that, the Korean in that to English has been completely lost. So like a lot of people from watching it. That doesn't surprise me. That doesn't surprise me. I haven't watched Squid Game yet either. And no. <laughs> I really want to because I hate not being like on trend. <laughs> I get FOMO. I know, and all the memes are coming up, and I'm like, I don't know what I that means. I don't understand. I know. I'm gonna, I'm gonna do it. Like I'm gonna commit to it at some point. But it just feels like a real commitment. Yeah, it feels a little bit much sometimes for my brain. And, and also, it's a lot of death from what I've seen. I know. Well, I just finished watching you, and there was season three, you, and there was a lot of death. So, so I think I'm much. done with it. <laughs> They really amped it up for season three, didn't they? They're like, no one will live. (laughs) No one. Yeah. And that last scene, I just, which I won't say if you haven't watched it. No, don't spoil it. No, but yeah, it's just, I think I just need a bit of a break from death content. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I want to ask you some rapid fire questions. Okay. Um, First question, fiction or (sighs) nonfiction? I'm going to say non-fiction but that also depends on my mood 
Okay. Well, mm. let's just let's just take that a little bit further. What what's your favorite non-fiction book? Oh my gosh, now you know well, the one I read recently that I really loved was Glennon Doyle's um, Untamed. And mm. that's kind of a that is a non-fiction, I'd say. I love oh, yeah. ones that are stories yeah. about somebody's life interwoven with lessons and mm. something that is familiar to you as well. You know, obviously autobiographies are great, but I, I, I'm, I more prefer that style where it was like, that's why I said it is nonfiction, isn't it? Because it oh, almost definitely. doesn't feel like it is when you're reading it, you know, it almost yeah. feels like a story. Um, so that's probably my favourite and, yeah, loved that. Do you know what I'm reading at the moment that I reckon you would love? is Clementine Ford's new book, How We Love. Mm. It's really good. She's a fantastic writer. She's brilliant. I've never read her books before. No, I haven't read, actually haven't either, but on Instagram her writing is always amazing. And she's one of those people that I see their writing and I'm like, I'll never be that good. Yeah, she's quite quite great. (laughs) But also I think what's great about this book, I mean, it's about love and we love love. But mm, also sometimes <laughs> it's a it's a very it's a much softer version of Clementine, I think, yep. than what okay. you see on her Instagram. Got you. Um, yeah, it's good. All right. Next question. Favorite book growing up. So that could be as a child or as a teenager. Oh, my God. This is <laughs> I should have prepared you. <laughs> no, it's OK. So this is really deep. But one of my favorite <laughs> books as a teenager was 1984. Oh, wow. George Orwell's 1984. Yes. And I like got transfixed. We studied it at school and I did the best in the class on every essay about it because I was just like, and it's funny because it kind of feels like that's happening now in Melbourne. But anyway, yes. that's a very different podcast and a very different topic. <laughs> but I just devoured it and the themes and the messages. I loved, I just, I just loved it, um, which is very bleak of me, a very bleak answer. Um, but I also loved Eat, Pray, Love. Oh, I love Eat, Pray, Love. And it's mm. so funny, actually, when I was prepping for this interview, I was like, I feel like Eat, Pray, Love and The Alchemist kind of have like some yes. similar themes. Basic bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Every, they're the go-to guides. Like everyone starts their spiritual journey after Eat, Pray, Love. Oh, but, but I just love it. I it know. is so good. I love, I love I, it too. I, I cry in the movie like every time I watch it as well. Same. You know, a lot of people didn't like that movie, but I love it. I did too. <laughs> mm. And also that's an interesting one as well because Eat, Pray, Love is nonfiction, so but it, re- it reads as fiction and that's reads- what I love about it. Maybe that's, that's what I've discovered. You've just helped me piece that together. I love yeah. nonfiction storytelling. Yeah. That's yeah. my favourite genre. Yeah. All right, mm. next question. Let me find my questions. Well, we may have already answered this, but I'll, I'll ask you again. What's the book that changed your life? I would say it's still The Alchemist. I wouldn't yeah. say 1984 has made me be this crusader. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not, yeah, definitely The Alchemist. Uh, what what book do you buy other people oh, if you're going to gift a book? So I buy for people um, The Resilience Project by Hugh Van Kylenberg. Oh. Oh, fantastic. It's, I've bought that for so many people. I've bought it for my ex-fiance. He's one person. Like he's just one of many, many people that I feel like I'm in a pyramid scheme selling them this book. Okay. Walk <laughs> me through it. I haven't read it. Well, so fantastic. Actually, 
oh my god it's non-fiction it's a non-fiction story but he yeah, tells okay. his story it's just this beautiful and I've had Hugh I've spoken to Hugh before on my podcast and I've seen, heard him on all different things and he's so this is a wonderful speaker I've gone and watched him speak as well before we were in lockdown um, it is just, it is the story of his life and what happened with his family and his sister became very unwell with an eating disorder and what he learned and then as a teacher and then his journey in India and what he learned then. And then the story, you know, how he created this uh, curriculum based on resilience for young people to help tackle Australia's mental health crisis in young people. Yeah, okay. And it's just, it's just so touching and the way that he weaves in the stories of the characters if he's met in his life. Like there's times you've got goosebumps, there's times you're crying and um, there's other times you're laughing hysterically and it's just told through this really like colloquial Australian lens like of it's of an Aussie male that you would absolutely know in your life but you're hearing them talk about these concepts and topics that are so important and yeah I just it's it's short as well and it's just everyone I've ever given it to has got so much out of it and had it has changed their life so okay I might get him on the potty he sounds great you definitely should he's wonderful I've heard him speak before maybe it was on your podcast and he's a great speaker and actually what I've heard through some publishing circles is that that book is one of the best-selling personal development books in Australia wow doesn't surprise me because you've bought them you've bought so many it's because of me yeah (laughs) He can thank me for that. But what I love about it is that, yeah, like um, it cuts through to that male Aussie demographic that would go, mm, mental health, like what? Yeah. I'm not reading a book about personal development, but it cuts through to that. And, and that's uh, yeah. the thing, right? There, there are few mm. personal development books that do speak to men, unfortunately. So true. Um, yep. There's that great book. I'm going to forget the author now um, called Manhood. Have you read that? Oh, no, but I think I've heard of that. Great. Well, you should read it for Ollie. Like, Good idea. It's, it's fantastic. I'm going to do a live Google. Do a live Sorry, Google. I didn't, didn't prep. <laughs> oh, no, maybe it's not called Manhood. Oh, yeah, here it is. Steve Bidolf, Manhood, oh. an action plan for changing men's lives. He's one of the, like, pioneers, I think, when it comes to raising boys as well. Yes. I really need to – I do need to read his stuff because I'm – that I am – yeah, so passionate about raising the next generation of men. Having a son, I just, that feels like part of my personal legend as well, actually, funnily enough. Like um, I feel like a lot of what I've been through has, will ultimately change the trajectory of my son's life because it's altered the way I want him to present in the world as a male one day and treat females and approach life and like he's I talk to him about feelings all the time he's always talking me through how he feels like yes that is definitely one of my personal legends um yeah raising the next generation of Mm. uh, passionate compassionate amazing men well I I we're totally taking this conversation in a new direction but I had a conversation with a friend of mine who's raising two young boys and they're quite young they're like think they're like two and three like they're Mm. little um but she read this great book both her and her husband read it called raising lions by joe newman okay um and she said it's just so good so so good with raising little boys fantastic i'll add that to my list as well there you go all right favorite book this year 
Um, one of my favorite books ever slash, I think I read it this year. Look, to be honest, 2020 and 2021 are the same. It's all a blur. So whatever. Um, is Boy Swallows Universe by Trent Dalton. Oh my God. Okay. We need to talk about, we need to talk about this. We need to talk about it because I love books so much. And (laughs) I have tried to read that book twice now and I can't get into it shut the podcast down right I'm done (laughs) I get it I get it look people argue with me all the time my dad it's my dad's favorite book like he's read it that many times he gets very upset every time I say I can't get into it my mouth is agape by the way listeners you can't see it (laughs) but that is why I for once wasn't speaking because I was shocked at what I'm hearing no we need we need to talk about it because I actually want to talk to Trent Dalton on the podcast about his new book love stories and so I need to have red book (laughs) so can you can you talk to me talk to me what what am I missing and is I think someone once said to me Oh, the twist. And like, I'm like, have I not reached the twist yet? How far have you got in? I'm just trying to think like. (laughs) You seem so pained. I am because I'm like, I need to do this. I need to get through this. And then I need to read the shimmering stars. Mm, I need to get back to that. Yes. Okay. So. Yes, I will admit, despite my uh, tr- drama just before, that the, the beginning is like I remember doing okay. that too, the very beginning. I was just like, what? Like his writing style is pretty unique. Yes. And I just didn't understand what was happening at the beginning and I just kept being like, everyone is loving this book and I'm like a chapter or two in and I'm just not that interested. And I just kept persisting and mm. then within a few chapters I was like sucked into this world and it was just like one of those ones like the alchemist where like some sentences like just cut down to your core of your being and you're just like oh my gosh the way he's worded that mm. has just okay I've got to give it another crack you don't I need have to get, to get through it it's which brings beautiful. me to another question it's not on my rapid fire list but mm. I'm interested I was Are just you about to of- say is this this isn't very rapid fire for <laughs> me I'm sorry that's <laughs> all right <laughs> Are you the kind of person who, if you start reading a book and you're not enjoying it, do you have to finish it? No, I find it so difficult. I'm, I've got so many half-read books yeah, and I'm same. just like, oh, I'm just, I'll get back to that later. And then I don't. And yeah, it's not great. Yeah. I Look, I think that makes us uh, great because <laughs> I think <laughs> that it's such a waste of your time to push through something you're not enjoying. For what purpose? Yes. Like, what's the point? And you feel kind of resentful doing that. Although I did read Where the Crawdads Sing. Oh, yeah. You didn't love that, did you? Uh, well, I did in the end because oh, I okay. pushed through. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the first bit and my mum just kept saying, just keep reading. I'm like, I just don't like it. And then I just pushed through at one, something happened. Can't remember. I was like half of the book as well. So that's a long push through. Yeah. And then it was one. And then I really enjoyed it. I mean, it's such a beautiful book. We I, we read it for book club. Mm. And I think if it wasn't a book club book, I think you're right. The beginning is a little bit sort of dry. like dry, yeah. but then it's just, oh my God. Opens. Yes. Can't wait until it's made into a movie. That'll be beautiful. Yes. It'll be you so can... beautiful. Mm. Okay, next question. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> um, favorite author. Yeah. Well, I do really love Trent Dalton's writing and I need to, I did start reading his second one, All the Shimmering Skies, but then I think, I don't know, I got distracted in life, but I was loving it. So I don't know what I did there. So I do love his work and obviously Paulo Coelho and I, yeah, and maybe Glennon Doyle. I do really love her writing as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. She's a brilliant writer. Amazing. 
Um, what are you currently reading? Well, look, I am going back to I, All Our Shimmering Skies by Trent Dalton. So okay. Beautiful. Yeah, that is the one. And I just finished reading Ghost by Dolly Alderton too. Oh, and we yeah. chatted about that. Yeah. Did you love it? Loved it so much. Yeah. Do you know one of my best friends who reads a lot, like we just recommend books to each other, she looked after my cat. She stayed at my house um, a few months ago and she was like, what should I read while I'm here? Because she's a really fast reader. And I said, you have to read Ghosts. Yeah. And she didn't like it. I loved it so much. It just spoke to me as a single 31-year-old. Right. Yes. And also Dolly's voice. Like she's just got such a clear voice and tone in her writing. I loved it. I've read it twice now. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's one I probably could read again actually. It, it is beautiful and the way she, and she's another author that when I read I'm like I'll never write like this. yeah I know same I know yeah yeah that is a good one that is a good mm. one and then my last my last <laughs> question is what's next what's um, the I, next read I really want to read her other book everything I know about love which I think is a non-fiction story it is I think yeah. it's exactly what you need <laughs> it's exactly my, it's like yeah. your formula okay yeah that's that well that's my next one it keeps coming up on like booktopia because I've looked at it and then the algorithm knows I want it so yeah that's that's my next one amazing um this has been the best chat yay I've loved it it's made me want to read more yeah it's good isn't it it makes me want to read more too I mean I do read so much and ever since I started this podcast you know I have to churn through the books because a lot of the time I'm interviewing the authors and you can't, you just cannot sit down no. with an author when you haven't read their book. So, and then you, and your first your way through it. So tell me about the book. <laughs> <laughs> or like every question you ask is based on the back cover blurb. <laughs> so it says it's a mystery love story. Where did you get the idea to do that? <laughs> You've done this before. I can tell you do interviews. Obviously not with your book, though, when I interviewed you about Highland. No, of course, of course. Which not. is obviously another of my favourite books. <laughs> which, of course, really is everyone's it. answer when I ask them what their favourite book is. <laughs> I so, did love it. I loved your book. Thank you. I appreciate it. Um, what, where can people find you and more about you and all hmm. your things? Well, yes. Yeah. So I am at Instagram, like everyone, at Elizabeth Anil, A-N-I-L-E. Um, I have a podcast, Lemonade, although my, in- uh, not my interest, that's the wrong word, my energy. I don't know if you ever go through these peaks and troughs with inspiration. I'm in a bit of a trough with inspiration right now with that, but that is there and I do with love the it. With podcast, you mean? Yeah, with podcasting a little bit. I need to refine a little bit of spark. I think I've just been so busy lately that sometimes it gets dampened a little and also like and let this be a lesson to everyone listening as well like you've been in lockdown for almost two years Mm. and you know if you're struggling to find some inspiration Mm. I think that's okay so true give yourself permission to do that I yes that is very good advice so anyway I do love my podcast though so it's called Lemonade and I've had you on it obviously um and then I do when when I first um went through my separation I started a blog called Bambi and Baby dot com but um and that was just kind of documenting everything I was going through at that time it just kind of lives there now like I don't update the blog anymore but I I do still get messages of people reading it now and saying how much that helps them and I love it just like existing in the internet and knowing that the right people will find it so did you have did you have an Instagram called 
Bambi and Baby yeah, too? That wasn't my original username and then I've t- just... Oh. Yeah. Okay, I think I remember you from back mm. in the day. Oh, right, yes. <laughs> so that was, yes. So they're the kind of places, but um, yeah. All right, well, thanks again. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you for having me. I've loved it. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.